I welcome everyone to episode eight of the SMB podcast, where we're going to be discussing all things related to the security, maturity, and best practices for your small and medium business, or as we like to call it, the SMB for your SMB. I'm your co-host, Mark Gibson, alongside my friend and business partner, Mike Almeida. Mike, how are things today, buddy? You know what, Mark? I'm doing all right, but I, I wouldn't be lying if I said I've had better days. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we can we can pull you up out of the doldrums today with uh, some excellent conversation here around, uh, you know, yet another aspect of risk management. We're going to be talking today about uh, the legal uh, side of things. Uh, along with us, we have uh, another good friend of ours and legal mind extraordinaire, Mike Berger. Mike, uh, how are you today? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your group. Doing well. Good afternoon, Mark and Mike. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so a little bit about myself and my law firm. I'll start with the, the team behind the operation. Uh, I'm with a law firm known as NC Planning. Um, we are dedicated to client service. Uh, mainly in two large areas. One is the, the personal planning side of our law firm, which addresses matters like estate planning, wills, trusts, powers of attorney, uh, some advanced tax planning and things like that. And then the other side is what is more commonly known as a business law or corporate law practice that we affectionately refer to as um, business planning. Um, and what that really entails is working with uh, small and mid-sized business owners um, in each stage of the life cycle of a business, um, from startup through operations and growth, um, disaster planning, succession planning, exit strategy, and uh, M&A type events in between. Um, we effectively serve on a, on a transactional basis, uh, but we really focus on the relationship. And we've got a lot of clients that really um, work with us on an ongoing basis uh, where we serve effectively as outside fractional general counsel. Um, as far as myself, I've been in the legal space uh, for about 20 years now. I've been in private practice for 18 of those, and I, I tell folks I've kind of got a background in all things commercial. I came out of law school and started as a commercial litigator, uh, worked on a lot of uh, commercial loan uh, for banks, lenders, restructuring workouts and litigation. Uh, but I always had as a part of my portfolio or my practice um, general business law representation, and that's what I focus on now 100% of the time is working with the small and mid-sized business or professional practice owner or board of directors to uh, bring efficient and effective advice and service uh, as, as a leader of a legal team that is essentially sitting outside the organization, but we're there as if we were in-house counsel. Yeah, I, you know, we've worked together for a little while now, uh, and yep. I've found that, uh, you know, you to be quite effective in the role. And, and honestly, uh, part of the reason I thought it'd be good for us to, to talk on this, uh, this podcast is, you know, how you approach um, the relationship is very similar to how I approach the relationship in terms of that advisory uh, piece and then sort of putting a supporting team behind that to help execute on some of those decisions as they're made. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that. So as we're going along here, it's going to be Mike A and Mike B. That is not representative of your status in any way. <laughs> just kind of how your initials work out, right? So um, <laughs> so <laughs> as we were kind of doing some uh, pregame for this, right, we, we made a little bit of a shift. And we're going to talk um, 
in the context of something pretty relevant from uh, this weekend, uh, the last week or so, uh, a uh, rather significant ransomware event uh, that hit pretty close to home for uh, us in the MSP space, uh, one of the uh, uh, well-known and, and often used vendors uh, within the space, uh, there was a ransomware attack that affected somewhere around 60 MSPs or so, and, and, and you know probably somewhere about 1,500 to 2,000 end businesses that were clients of them. That uh, you know the source of that was a vulnerability in some software or whatnot, and and when you kind of are, are working through those um, events and and so and just to clarify we weren't directly affected by that so you know knock on a little bit of wood there but uh, it, it certainly highlights the the risks and the um, uh, you know the potential vectors at, at which you know that you could be affected by those things and so uh, for us is, you know, we look at kind of navigating through something like that. There's certainly the technical side, which is, you know, hey, you know, the cybersecurity itself, the protections that are in place and, and potentially even recovery, um, you know, once those those issues have been mitigated. But putting all of those aside, um, you know, there's also uh, something of a legal aspect to all of that, right? And in terms of, uh, I'm sure as the dust settles for everything, there'll be uh, a number of conversations around blame, as there always are. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, I guess the formal word, world, uh, excuse me, the formal word in your world, Mike, is not blame, it's liability, right? So, That's right. Um, so uh, let's kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, in terms of, because even, you know, for me as a provider, there's one set of considerations, but for any other kind of business who is, you know, can potentially be impacted by that, they are obviously having disruptions to their services, to their That's clients right. as well. And um, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a ripple effect. Um, it's a disruption. It's an interruption in business operations regularly. These are some of the languages you will see in various uh, business insurance contracts that, mm -hmm. you know, business owners have, right? Like business interruption insurance and certain types of uh, protection um, Mark, you and I have talked before, and we talk to clients quite often about, hey, you know, taking taking a look at your your business insurance policies to see what type of um, data breach protection you may have, or having that conversation with your insurance agent or insurance company to see is there a rider or an, an ancillary policy we can add to cover for these types of things and understand the risk. Unfortunately, I think as uh, with most events in life, it takes sometimes until you get smacked in the face with it to, to then deal with it, right? And, and it's a question of have you been proactive in kind of um, building your team, right? I think a business of a business owner as a chief of everything officer, um, chief executive, president, whatever it might be, um, as being only as successful as they are at successfully delegating. And kind of what I mean by that is, a leader of an organization, a business owner, uh, part of their job is to understand their strengths, but also identify and understand their weaknesses and gap fill. Um, fill those places where you are not strongest with partners in the space, advisors, trusted resources, trusted providers who can sort of sit around a table with you, almost like a, a staff with you as the chief of their staff or a council of advisors, as I've sometimes envisioned probably, you know, hearkening back to my fanboydom too much and, you know, being a Star Wars and Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, but, you know, I think of it, though, as a really um, 
the the baseline of our role as fiduciaries for clients or for trusted advisors of clients that we're going to be turned to in times of crisis, in times of question, in times of concern to address a problem and help find and create and implement a solution. And I think that's a cross-platform, right? Like whether we're talking about a law firm, a legal team that is in effect the legal department, and you hear these guys, you picture the CEO like, oh, send it down to legal, right? And then we're down there in the basement or wherever they keep us <laughs> working on um, But <laughs> seriously, though, I mean, that's kind of the way I think it should work. The president the CEO shouldn't be combing through uh, insurance contracts to figure out if they have data protection. It's probably best reviewed by your legal team. And I also think the legal team should be working in conjunction with those other advisors. So um, what I talk to clients a lot about is, you know, we at NC Planning are a relationship-based law firm. And we're here to be your legal team to support you, but we really focus on the relationship. That relationship goes two ways between us and the client, but then it also goes multi-direction because we really need to have a clear and open line of communication with the fractional outside chief information and technology officer so that God forbid there is a data breach with your business and now you have concern about your liability to your employees, to your customers, to your vendors, right? The list goes on. Um, send it to legal, but legal is going to do what legal does, right? As we say, and my partners say this is probably as much as I do, we stay in our lane and we do what we do very well. But we are not shy about saying to our other partners around the table, can I get a consult with you? Can I get your perspective on this? Can I understand from your perspective what other things we should be considering? And I think that is imperative for a business uh, in good times, right, as a regular cadence mm -hmm. in, the, in the business to be working with those folks in fractional roles, internal team, external team. Uh, but then certainly in times of crisis, because I think by getting all those different perspectives, you're gathering data, you're gathering information, and you need all of that in order to make the best decision or best solution possible. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and that's a lot easier done, but well, as you mentioned, in good times, building that foundation so that Absolutely. when the bad times or the crisis times are there, everybody's kind of got a feel for uh, each other as you're doing it that point. That, 100%. Um, yeah. we, we refer to this most frequently as just the proactive approach, yep. right? And it's an NC planning way uh, for us to be a proactive advisor with our clients, um, but it's a, it's a proactive way that we run our business as well in working with our advisors, our team members, um, get it set up in advance, build those relationships now. Mm -hmm. And number one, I think you're going to be more successful in mitigating risk and mitigating harm that could come down the road because you've assembled a team and you've asked for advice first and then acted. And number two, look, crisis befalls everyone. There's accidents, they happen. That's the whole purpose of insurance. Right. Um, no accidents, no need for insurance, right? Um, but if, you, if you've assembled the team and you know who to turn to and you're ready to roll, I think you're gonna put a lid on that fire uh, much, much more quickly much more efficiently, less costly. And so I think there's nothing but upside in being proactive with assembling your team early and often. I got I to gotta ask you a question really quick. Mark. Sure. I'm a big story guy, and you've been doing this for two decades, right? Yep. So 
I want you to tell our listeners, because I'm sure there's many small, medium-sized businesses, this might be new to them, thinking, like, do I really need a legal team to help in my endeavors? What kind of challenges have you ever walked into a situation where you had a client or a new client or a prospect say, hey, I didn't do this before, can you help me? And they come to you with a big problem on their plate, and what does that look like? That's a great question. Um, and I have to be cautious here because, you know, as a lawyer, we carry with us a certain <laughs> a degree of, of, of confidentiality and responsibility. Of um, I believe Tom Cruise and the firm said something along the lines of, I'm very much like a ship with a cargo out there to sea and I will never find a port or something to that effect. Um, I always like that analogy. It's like, yeah, that's kind of right. We carry a lot of cargo and we never really get to tell anybody about it. Um, it, it which, is, the, is the firm like your version of a superhero movie? Just checking. Like as, a, as an attorney? No, no. No, okay. my, my, no, no. The firm's almost like a nightmare. It's like, wow, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, you watch that movie and you're like, God, why would anyone ever want to be a, an attorney? Um but hey, Tom Cruise, right? He's done That's something right. right over the years. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I think what I can what I can do here, Mike and Mark, and stay within the bounds of client confidences and not divulge anything that would um, identify anyone is I think I can really categorize and make a generality, right? And I, I would categorize this as um, the proactive client versus the reactive client, right? And let's just talk about it as a contract deal or a business deal. And let's let's paint the picture of maybe how the reactive client operates and how the proactive client may operate. Um, proactive client, let's start there first because that's probably a little bit more palatable. Um, proactive client has already engaged. They've been working with a legal team for some time. Uh, and I think, again, this goes across platform, right? This is also could be information and technology. It could be tax advice and CPA. Because really what we're doing is we're talking about do you do you dig yourself a hole and get yourself into a problem and then make it real expensive to get out? Or do you get the advice of people and never get in the hole in the first place, right? Or maybe get in a smaller hole, let's you know, right. be honest. But again, proactive client comes to you, you build a relationship, they understand they don't know what they don't know, and or that they just want to offload some of the day-to-day to a team of advisors, a team of counselors who are going to take care of their business and of their needs. And they start a relationship and that relationship comes over time and there's hopefully a regular uh, cadence or meeting or call to that relationship so that they are interacting in a very, um, you know, open sort of line of communication going both ways between advisor and between client. And now there's a business opportunity that comes along. I would say more often than not, by a long measure, the proactive client is going to bring that business opportunity to their counselor or advisor. And they're going to say, hey, Mike, what do you think about this? Right? Or, hey, Mike, I got something to run by you. Do you got 15 minutes to hop on a call? Hey, Mike, I'm going to shoot you an email. Can you take a look at this term sheet? Okay, all generalities. This stuff happens all the time, guys. Again, no client confidence is being being divulged, just for listeners. Um, then there's going to be meeting, there's going to be discussion, there's going to be an analysis of the of the deal points of the business opportunity, and the legal team is going to get to weigh in and address some considerations or some concerns that may be there, that, that maybe the business owner didn't see, maybe the CPA didn't see, maybe the 
uh, IT folks didn't see, and we brought a perspective to it. And then we've been able to address it and pivot and move forward still with the deal. The example here I would say is sometimes folks come to me and say, hey, got this great opportunity, I'm ready to roll, I want a joint venture with this company in Venezuela. And I just totally picked Venezuela, nothing against Venezuela, literally just came to my mind. Um, and I've never worked with anything involving Venezuela, so you know that I'm not divulging any client confidences. So there we go, perfect. Venezuela, we're gonna do a joint venture with this company. And I say, okay, well, let's discuss it, let's look at the term sheet, letter of intent looks interesting, you know, looks, looks market, like they actually put it together with a legal counsel, okay. Why are we doing a joint venture with this company? Tell me about the history. How have you been involved? What have been the successes? What have been the failures? What have you liked? What haven't you liked? Business ownership together, whether it's in common stock ownership or whether it's in a joint venture, in my opinion, to a degree, is a little bit like a marriage, right? And I always say, I've never been a big proponent of the, you know, marry somebody that's just been introduced to you at the altar. You should probably date first before you get married. Heck, I test drive a vehicle before I buy a car. I would want to test drive a business relationship first in a fashion that is A, you know, easily exitable, um, B, set up to be similar to how we may interact as, as common owners or joint venture partners, um, and, and C, gives us enough runway and opportunity to work together to see if this thing functions well, kind of like dating before getting married. So before we jump into a really long-term, really committed relationship, and we joint venture with a Venezuela company, mm -hmm. let's pause and let's see, is there another way we can skin the cat? Could we maybe set up some mutual services and licensing agreements that go back and forth that allow us to explore a contractual relationship? And can we then see how that works for a time period, six months, 12 months, 18 months with options? If it's go well, Everybody's happy. This is the best thing since sliced bread, which by the way, I don't know why sliced bread is so great, but we'll get back to that. Um, and everybody's making money, right? That's a part of it too. I mean, business, yeah. you're there to make money. If all these things are clicking, we can always, you know, accelerate or advance to joint venture or merger or acquisition talk. That's great. But let's do a trial run first. Now, proactive client in that scenario listens to that advice and makes a business decision. Which way they go, somewhat irrelevant for purposes of the hypothetical because at least they've made an educated decision. Let's, this is the longest hypothetical ever, sorry. But uh, <laughs> let, let's contrast that against a reactive client, which shows up more like, hey Mike, um, can you take a look at this cocktail napkin that this uh, business partner of mine and I wrote up and signed and had Doris, the secretary, notarized, and I don't know any Doris's guys, totally picked one. Is this a contract, right? And now my first question is, well, do you want it to be a contract? I don't know anything about this deal. You didn't consult with me. I've just met you. This is our first consultation. I don't know where you're coming from. I need some background. I need to understand it. And then it turns out down that road of a hypothetical, well, maybe these folks had been working together and all of a sudden they decided to exchange some business interests and now we've got a six million dollar problem because they don't like each other anymore. They wanna get a business divorce. They wanna separate as shareholders. They don't have a good agreement that was done by their legal team. They just cocktail napkined it up while they were you know, kicking back at the beach one night having some mm -hmm. beverages and now they've tied themselves together in a way that is a much more difficult prospect to exit they have different opinions, they're going in different directions, they're threatening lawsuits, 
We now have to engage a litigation counsel as well as forensic CPAs to figure out books. You can see where this is going, right? This is a much more expensive prospect. This is a much more time consuming uh, event. If you had taken a little bit of prep time on the front end, spent a little bit of resource on the front end, assembled your team on the front end, gotten some counsel and advice, at least you could have made an informed business decision before you dug yourself a hole 12 feet deep and eight miles wide. Um, and so that's that's how I look at it as, as if I can give a, a war story, if you will, right? Uh, the proactive client versus the reactive client. And if it's me, I see the value in being proactive. So, uh, you know, while we've got a little bit of time left here, let me switch topics on you. <laughs> so the no problem. Uh, yeah, I wanted to definitely get your thoughts on uh, you mentioned, I think, in your intro there, the, the process of business planning. Uh, we're we're big on this internally. I, I'm I definitely am big on this when I try to work with clients. The better you can do it, the the uh, more effective that you know I'm going to be in terms of helping you make decisions and so forth. But uh, talk a little bit about a what maybe that looks like uh, within your organization, <laughs> and b kind of how you're walking clients through that. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think business the business plan, if you will, has been this kind of like canned form for so long that so many people use typically as a part of their commercial loan or SBA lending package. Hey, we need a copy of your business plan to submit with your loan file to see if you're eligible and you can then generate funds or, or draw funds to, to start your business. Um, that's a different piece. I'd say it is a piece, but it's a different animal than really the business planning process and how we approach it. Um, at NC Planning, our legal team is, is highly skilled and very devoted to being a proactive but responsive um, team that supports the business owner in the business planning process. And we believe fundamentally that that business planning process is organic, right? For lack of a better word, it's organic, it's moving, it's always changing, and it should be something that is sort of consistently revisited and worked through and resolved, you know, maybe there's edits, maybe there's revisions, maybe we throw it out, we draft up a new one. Um, but it's something that really, it's not just that business plan that you're submitting with the bank. It's, it's a broader approach. That's a piece of it. But I would say fundamentally, you know, build your business like, like a, like a house, make sure the foundation is solid. Uh, we refer to that as a corporate record review and cleanup, you know, and I'm probably even jumping the gun there. It's the first question of how are you operating your business? Is it a sole proprietorship or have you formed a legal entity, a limited liability company, uh, a corporation around your business activities so that you're insulating your business activities from your personal life and personal assets? Um, have you done that? If, if yes, great. Let's take a look at it. If no, why? What was the sort of decision point? Um, or thought process behind just going the, the sole prop or sole proprietor route, as we say. Um, and once we establish, okay, let's assume there was an LLC formed and, you know, they did it online. I know there's stuff that can be done online and you don't have to be a lawyer to form an LLC, but, you know, you don't have to be a mechanic to change your oil either. And I would never change my own oil. That's, I, I'd make a mess and the car would not ever work right again. Um, that being said, I understand startups and keeping it lean and mean, and some folks may start their own LLC online, and that's wonderful. But when you reach a point and you're operating 
one of the services that can be provided to you by a legal team is to do the corporate record review and cleanup. Look at how it was done. Make sure the foundation's solid, and if not, guess what? It may be broken, but we can fix it. Okay, we can help, we can get you back on track and solidify that foundation. Um, when you're operating, you're probably not just looking at the corporate structure as it was formed, but you should probably also think through what's the corporate structure gonna look like for you know, longer term. Let's start talking about 12-month goals, uh, three-year goals, five-year goals. What are our objectives and how do we achieve them? And then we may back into corporate restructuring from there. Also, uh, part of the business planning sort of suite of services that we work with quite regularly um, is planning for those instances of disaster, those things you don't want to think about. We talk a lot about buy-sell agreements. That's a you know phraseology. It's a term of art, but it's also passed around a lot. Those plan for you know what happens to the ownership of the business in the event of death, disability, divorce, or insolvency, bankruptcy. Those are pretty catastrophic type events. You want to make sure you have a plan in place for those. Um, other disaster planning elements include um, just sort of what we call a memorandum of directive, right? Which is you may want to leave some notes for somebody on how to turn the lights on in your business in case you're not available. And let's formalize that into a process, into a place, make sure you have a copy of it, make sure your legal team has a copy of it so that if there is a disaster, uh, there can be a minimal interruption in business, uh, mitigate your risk, get back on track and roll from there. Um, so it's, it's these types of things that we work through regularly with clients. And then there's all kinds of, um, I would say, you know, life cycle point events of a business that come up that require business planning services. That could range from, we've got a new customer. We've outgrown our old customer contract. We need a new, fancier customer contract. <laughs> we've got a new vendor. Can you help us review this? Can you help us negotiate a commercial lease? We want to buy real estate and own it, how should we do that and lease it back to ourselves and work with our CPA team to make that all happen. Um, these are the type of things that they just come up, I think, as a natural progression um, for a operating and growing business. And in order to stay on top of those things and make sure they're done correct, um, you know, working with a team of advisors makes things go a heck of a lot smoother. Awesome. So. In, as we, we close up for today, just uh, some final thoughts. I guess I'll start with uh, Mark. Biggest takeaways from what we heard Mike talk about today. Yeah. Um, you know, um, small business, it's, uh, it's fraught with threats to success, right? Uh, there's a hundred and one ways to fail. Uh, sounds like maybe a book or something, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and those are just, if you sit down and think about it for five minutes, uh, and, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, working in a small business, it's not uh, for the faint of heart, and I think that, you know, uh, Mike, uh, Mike B. Uh, did a good job of highlighting one of the, the key um, protections, I guess, around that, which is, Build a team of trusted, you know, sort of advisors and 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 principals that you can work with as a small business owner. Obviously, you're not going to have a C-suite, but at the same time, you absolutely can collect relationships uh, and partners that are specialists in particular areas, whether it's you know finance, HR, legal, IT, all those things. That um, you know, I think the the 
<clears throat> the process Mike was describing there is one that you want to kind of do that in increments, right? When you're not in the middle of a problem so that they know something about your business. They know something about you. They can kind of give you some um, recommendations that are a little bit more tailored to your business and your goals, not just about, hey, how do you fix it in the moment based on, you know, sort of this paint by numbers, you know, setup. So um, I think, you know, legal is one that is, you know, everybody thinks they know a little something about it, um, but not uh, probably to the level that they need to, to really truly protect your business when the, when the crap hits the fan, I guess we'll say, right? So, um, you know, that, that's sort of what I take away from that, right? There's safety in numbers. Find some people hey. who, know, who know some stuff. <laughs> that's all right. And I'll tell you what, you know, as I, as I listen to Mike speak today, uh, again, Mark talked about being an entrepreneur. One of those things I'll tell you, you know, I've got other businesses that I work on, and I'll be the first to tell you, if it wasn't for the legal team and the accounting team, I can't keep up with all that stuff. And I will gladly pay somebody to look out for those places where I'm not an expert, right? They're there to protect me. They're there to, to help me formulate, meet my own business objectives and goals, and protect me, right, for things that I don't know. And, and it's great that when you have a question or you have something that you're bringing to the table, and I think Mike might have shared this as the proactive customer, that you can come and say, hey, can you look at this? So you already, you have the thought in mind, you have the vision, but more importantly, you have a defined process and you have a defined set of experts that you can point to in those times where you really need them, whether it's something good happening or something bad happening, you're prepared and you don't have to know everything, but you have to have a team in place that does know at least a bit, or I'd even go above and say, have the expertise in those areas where you fall short so your business can keep the lights on and keep doing what you're doing and, and, and grow. So that's that's that was my biggest takeaways. And, and again, Mike, really want to thank you for joining our podcast today. I definitely uh, laughed a lot, which is good. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, thank uh, you. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And, and, and again, thanks for doing what you do for us. Again, part of us being successful as entrepreneurs is having a solid legal team that has our back. And we know NC Planning definitely does. So we look forward to having you on, on future episodes for sure. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you have a nugget that you took away that you can go and immediately apply to your business. And as always, if you like what you heard or maybe you just love hearing our voices, please go on social media, share this. You can download our podcast. They're just about in every, every type of application from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, you name it. You can find the SMB podcast on there. So with that being said, thanks again and enjoy your day. Yeah.